Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with H's, the helpful, the honest, and the never hackneyed. Mary Abajay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Mary Abajay. And Chris DeSantis, let me introduce you. You are the the hippest, the happening, and the hottest co-host in town, <laughs> Mr. Chris DeSantis of Cubicle Confidential. <laughs> I'm so hip. Uh-huh. Hippity hop it hip. How's uh-huh. tricks, Mary? Tricks are good. Tricks are good. You know, it's winter time here, but the days are finally getting a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm liking it. And I and I actually do like the cool weather. So I am I'm enjoying this a little uh spritz of winter. Yeah, your idea of winter is different than our idea because you're DC. <laughs> so DC has got a nice little mild thing going we on. We do. We like to hang around like in the 40s. Maybe we get some snow every couple of years or so. But yeah, you guys got a big storm over Christmas, right? We did. It was a, actually it was a two day storm. Uh, it was a really cold, not much snow, and then it just disappeared. Just disappeared almost instantly. Oh, so you guys didn't get a lot of snow? No, 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 not no, not at all. Not in Chicago. Huh. No, it we was had upstate little, New York. Two, they got all your snow. Yeah, that was scary. Oh, that is scary. They were they were betrayed by Lake Michigan betrayed. or whatever lake is up there. Yes, and speaking and of betrayed, this is one about, of our right? darker episodes, right? This Recently, is... we did that episode on cheaters and dirty and complaining, but this one's really just about being betrayed at the office. It's have you? Place, have yeah, I? go ahead. Yeah, uh, have you ever been betrayed? Well, you know, I have. And, you know, it makes me think about what do we mean when we say betrayed? Uh, right. So for me, it's when somebody lies to me or they stab me in the back or they, or you trust them to do something and they do the wrong thing and then they hide mm-hmm. it from you. I don't know. This, it's kind of a big word, isn't it? How do you it's define it? It's a big it? word, but... Well, I, I think I'm. I think every one of those things are are an example of a betrayal. I think a betrayal is whatever you say is what I believed. They did the opposite of the belief. So if it's trust or the right. word that they're using, any of those things, I think that's appropriate. Yeah. So I, I think it has a. I also think it goes deep. Like you're, it's shocked. You're shocked that they would do this. Yeah, and it seems to me to really feel betrayed. To me, feels like it would have to be. Uh, as a result of someone that you thought you had a good relationship with or someone you thought you trusted or that you were, you know, that they betrayed you. So I have, I'm sure I get betrayed all the time. Uh, but there was this one (laughs) instance and I just choose to forget it. Um, there was this one instance where, um, I, so at CareerStone, we hire, we hire some independent contractors, some independent mm-hmm. trainers, facilitators, uh, on occasion to deliver some work for us when we're too busy and we have too much on our plate. And just and to clarify for the listener, CareerStone is the consulting uh, company that Mary runs and owns. That's correct. That's correct. Thank you. Um, and so, uh, so when, like, so for uh, in this one case, so there was an independent contractor that was a, also a good friend of mine. She was a great trainer, and I hired her to do a couple of of courses uh, for us to lead a couple of courses. And the courses were all designed by us. Uh, so she just looked, took our slide deck and we taught her how to do it, and she did it. She did a great job. Uh, 
And then she well, also had her own gig, right? She also had her own mm-hmm. like independent gig. And one time she said to me, uh, listen, I can't hand, I can't do this gig. Um, I've already sold it. I've already designed it. Uh, could you or someone on your team deliver it for me? I'll give you half the money. Cause she said, I've already designed it. And I said, we'll do that for you. Cause you help us out so much. So she sent me the slide deck and the slide deck was my slide deck. It was only with, <sighs> only with her, like marketing on it, her like template, but even oh. the graphics were exactly the same as the graphics that we use. Wow. So that's a betrayal, right? Because she right. basically stole our property and then- right. She's of- reselling your property <laughs> and then she's going to give you a cut of and what she's, she's gonna, resold. Yeah. And <laughs> we have a very you know clear you know thing with our, our independent contractor sign is that they uh, that they can't do that. So uh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was that, that was right. a betrayal. But um, how did she- Explain? Did you? I'm sure you brought it up to her at some point, right? Oh no, of course not. She was my friend. I, of course, I didn't say a word to her ever to this day. You didn't. I did not. I, I mean, you could. You should have at least asked surprised. Said, you know, I don't. This looks familiar. <laughs> this ha- looks familiar. Have you never met me, Chris? I'm a huge <laughs> pussy. I'm a wuss. So anyway, Mary, I, you know, you you said uh, that you didn't want to say anything to her, but are you friends today? Yes, actually, Chris DeSantis, we're really good friends. Do you, and does she listen to our show by chance? I don't know, but I don't know that <laughs> it would even occur to her that this happened. So, well, maybe she has a show as well. Maybe she does. Sort of like <laughs> office talk. Office <laughs> talk. Well, that's a good one for our next show. All right. So, Chris, how about you? Have you have you ever been betrayed at work? Oh yeah, yeah. I had this. This was a long time ago. I I'd done some work for this really small accounting firm, and um, and, and I had this work on the books for them. And, uh, but uh, I had another client call me and they said, Hey, uh, are you available on the same time? The same time. Well, I went back to this accounting firm and I went to the guy in charge. Let's call him Dick. And uh, I asked him about this other possibility. I said, Okay, is this a guaranteed gig? Is it guaranteed? And he said, Yes, it's guaranteed because I have a contract. And so, okay, great. So, as it turns out, he didn't do it. Uh-uh. I was out the other gig, and I was out this one. Uh-uh. And um, so, rather than tell the contract he was liable, he just uh, he you know he just blew me off. He blew me off because he didn't want to jeopardize his con his other client. So he blew me off. I th- and by the way, his name is not Richard. So uh, I thought that was very <laughs> no. I think super he said low very clearly his name was Dick, and that seems like he also is one. <laughs> yes, you got so the shaft, I thought, wow. my friend. Yeah, because he said, oh, well, they've got a contract, so you're absolutely going to get this work. And then, oh, no, you didn't get this work because they canceled it. But I don't want to take them up on it, so I'll just screw you. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Are you friends yeah, with I him know. today? <laughs> no, gosh, no, 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 and no. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, are you ready for this? I am ready? ready. All right. This is about, oh, this one, I think this is interesting. It's about disappointment, but uh, we can ask you about that after. This is called Boomeranged in Bethlehem. Dear Cubicle Confidential, hello. I have an issue that I just can't get past. We recently rehired a young woman who had worked here for almost five years. She took a new job that had a bit more money and a better title. That was two years ago. My problem is I was the one who trained her and basically mentored her until the day she left. Now she's back and all I feel is resentment every time I see her. They say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I 
can't bring myself to even be courteous. Is there a way to get past this or do I just hope she quits again? Signed, Boomeranged in Bethlehem. Wow. <laughs> Has anyone ever oh, disappointed you in that? Is it, have oh, you ever been? yeah. I uh, own a business. Right. People come and go. I got to tell you, this one really got my goat. I, I just want to give Boomerang a virtual slap upside the head and say, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Wake up. Ugh. All right. So while I'm going to go ahead and take this because I got, oh, some, yeah, yeah. I, I got go some issues launch. here. Right. Um, so what? The, first of all, I can understand why he might be peeved or hurt or disappointed at being left. I get that. It's hard to invest in someone and then have them leave. Um, I get that. But I need to tell Boomerang to remember employees are not pieces of property. You do not <laughs> own them. You did not buy this person for life. Uh, so let me try to reframe this for you, okay, boomeranged, so that you can understand what's <laughs> happening here. One, <laughs> you like that, okay, boomerang? Okay, boomerang One, is close. That's good. It was your job to train her and to develop her. You didn't do it out of the goodness of your heart. You did it so she could provide value to your business or to your team. Like, so get over it. It wasn't a nice thing to do. It was the only and the right thing to do. Um, two, the fact that you trained her well enough so that she was able to parlay that into a better gig should be a point of pride for you, not Ooh, yeah. a point of resentment. Um, three, if she left for more money and responsibility, then you know what, my friend, that's on you. If you didn't provide her with enough, enough growth areas, or you didn't recognize her untapped value, or you didn't pay her what she was worth, again, that's on you and your company. That's not on her. And how dare you disparage somebody who is actively managing, managing their career? Again, you don't own these people. You only rent them <laughs> and you own only get to rent them when, while you treat them well. Number four, the fact that she came back to you should also be a point of pride and not resentment. That means she likes your organization or your team more than the alternative, which should make you happy, not mad. And five, yes, she might leave again. So if you find her valuable, why don't you try to keep her this time? Pay her a wage commensurate with her experience and her value. Find her career growth opportunities for her at your organization. I don't think you were betrayed. I think you may have just been like played because you weren't playing the game you were supposed to play. And finally... I want to say this, uh, the boomerang thing is real. When people leave your organization, instead of being mad at them, why don't you be and keep in touch with them? Treat these people as alumni instead of having them be dead to you. Keep in touch with them with them. If they were valuable, keep the doors open. Stop thinking about this as a lifelong commitment, Boomerang. It's a it's a temporary commitment to you for a period of time while you pay somebody well. Wow, Mary, that was very good. You really, really let them have it. As I let it were. okay boomerang have it because you know, I, as someone who has seen great employees come and go, like it is your job to make them into really great professionals so that they can go on to their next thing. And I always hope they come back. 
I, I, I think your answer was spectacular. I mean, I, I, I will say a few little things to, to add to it, but I really thought you covered it all. And I thought the, 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 even the very beginning, you said, get over it. Get over get it. Get over it. You know, uh, companies are not what they once were anyway. There's no promise of lifetime employment. This is a transactional yeah. marketplace. By the way, she was with you for five years, and the norm for people now is under four. So she yeah, stayed longer than she normally would. I'm assuming she was a young person if you said yeah. you trained her and gave her, yeah. I love your point about you should take uh, pride in the fact that you were able to prepare her for a better job. In fact, you are a pipeline for others who follow her and say, hey, you work for him, work for him, because your opportunities are multiplied when you do. So that should be in your favor. The other thing about her is she's back. So she's a pollinator. And I think a pollinator is saying, look, I learned something out there. I can bring it back here, just like a pollinating does. So I think that's a good that. thing. I'll, I'll tell you another thing that really bothered me because it was in, the, in your question. It says you were her mentor. <laughs> okay. If you're truly her mentor, would you advise her uh, to be so, you know, self-interest as to not entertain better offers? What kind of mentor would that be? Like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you might be happier there. mentor. <laughs> yeah, you might be happier. No, you'd make more money. No, don't do that, right? So in that sense, I think he was, he was a shitty mentor, if he was a mentor at all, if that's yeah. the case. So, And I thought your list really covered it all. But I do think one thing we should be doing is, is mend, mend the fence because you have resentment towards mm, her. Yeah. And I think you should take her to lunch and you should express your, your disappointment of her leaving but you understand why she left and you're saying you're still working through that so give me time to work through that because i i had like anything you really care about when they leave there's a disappointment attached to it and sometimes you think well who do, who am i mad at am i mad at myself for for letting her go or i'm mad at for her for leaving me and i think if you talk through that she'll see that okay the two of you go okay i get that and then you'll get past it and then ask her what did you learn out there that i could use for myself so I love it. Oh, Chris, I love that advice to have a little a little healing session. Or yeah, <laughs> but like I think that's really smart to be honest about how you feel. Uh, and doing a, of course in a way that is you know diplomatic and exactly. not like yeah, of course. I I really like that idea because you know let's be honest, it hurts when people leave. Like I've it's, had employees leave that like I feel in my heart like and and uh, it's it's really hard. And you know I think another thing that um. I think that organizations have to really be honest about is that, and this is proven out by research and studies, is that if people really do want to make a big um, a salary jump, a financial gain, your chances are that you make the most gains in your salary when you make external moves. Yes, uh, that's right. And so that's just the way it is in life. And so I think I think those of us who are older in our career have to remember that young people need to make money too and that right. they need to make moves that make sense for their career and their financial houses. Well, if you look at it this way, you get uh, if a company if you get an MBA while you're working for somebody, they will not pay you the equivalent of the jump that you would expect in a salary as a competitor would now that you have an MBA. Yeah, so you are true. forced almost to go somewhere else unless That's you have a, a system of payback on your MBA that you have to work over time to pay it back or else you have to pay back the whole, you see what I'm saying? They, I totally you know. I, you're you're yeah. absolutely right. And I think organizations, it's, it's a struggle for organizations and they either need to pony up or be willing to see good people leave and hopefully come back. But Chris, I think I read a, a while back there, like the boomerang thing is real yes. um, and that people are doing it. And was there, is there any generational connection to that? Well, I think that the more 
the more comfortable comfortable you are in a transactional in transactional environment. I mean, if that's the only world you know, then you just think it that way. You just think, okay, well, yeah. this is the offer today. I'm going to do this. But I think if you come from the old school as a boomer myself, and, and you are used to this notion of corporate loyalty, you know, you do it for the firm. This is yeah. the home team, as it were. Then I think you have a greater resentment towards somebody who leaves you because they've left the our our team, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I think it's just a matter of uh, the experience you have and, and and the perspective you have as a consequence of that. Yeah, and I so I, I yeah so I think you're right. So I think I think organizations should probably be a little bit more open to the boomerang because you could get good people right back. Like let them go, as you said, pollinate, come back and pollinate some more. But you you made a really good point, Mary. About look, if invest in people, uh, it, make it less tempting to want to go. To yeah. want to go, that's the key. You know, engage them in a way that they, any competition. See, I don't think people work for just the money. I think they work for the environment in which they can sort of excel. And if you create an environment where they can excel, then that they have to match that. Yeah. They have to match that. And that's hard to match because that environment in which you excel is unique to you. And they have to create that uniqueness in another place. They yeah, promise right. it, but I don't know if they deliver it. That's exactly right. And you know, if you get known in the industry as, as training really great people, that yes. kind of that kind of word of yes. mouth actually also flows down to customers and, and clients. And so like you yes. I think you just I think you need to take pride in that. So any I do too. Okay, boomeranged. <laughs> okay, boomerang. I love that. If you have a workplace question, hey, people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, you ready for the second one? I am. All right, this one is Comeuppance Awaits in Texas. Hi, Mary and Chris, big fan of the show. I thought you would be perfect for this question. I am an internal trainer for a chemical company in Houston. I am responsible for running offsite events. We hosted a group of new managers for three days at a hotel in Galveston. They stayed at the hotel and then we took them out every evening. Some of these folks have never been to corporate training events and occasionally we get a newbie who is overserved. This time, one of the newbies got loud and made a scene. The next morning, I told him in no uncertain terms that this behavior could tank his job. He was super upset and later apologized to the entire class, so I gave him a pass. But one of the older attendees called HR after the event and reported him. It took a great deal of time and effort to keep him from getting fired. Instead, he was put on a sort of probation. My problem is with the snitch. This guy works on the same floor as me, and he's a true He was ready to ruin someone's career so he could score a few brownie points. I really want to rip him a new one. Any advice on how I should handle this? Signed, Comeuppance Awaits in Texas. Yeah, so I got to say, I don't have a lot to say about this one because honestly, I'd probably just let it go. If you are a person of authority over this person, like his boss or his manager, I might say something like, hey, you know, in the future, let's like handle this internally or something. But in this case, I might just use it just as a point of intelligence, like just as a point of knowing who that person is and how they operate. Um, I might, however, 
use this as a cautionary tale at my next training. So <laughs> right. in, in one of those like funny, not funny ways, I might say something to all the newbies in front of everybody. Hey guys, just so you know, heads up, keep it professional. Don't get over served. Be in your best behavior or else Bob might rat you out. <laughs> Bob being the real trader, like, you know, so I might do that. But other than that, Chris, I'm kind of flummoxed on this one. I don't know that I would do anything because I'm not, I, I'm assuming he is not in my chain of command. Um, I'm an internal trainer. He is does something else. I'm not sure what he does. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I th it's interesting. I, I've had this experience. Oh, did you want to add anything else, though, Mary? No, because, I no. have nothing else to add. Yeah, I remember yeah. dealing with this all the time because I was involved with running a school for new consultants for a number of years, and we had young people coming in from all over the world, and I'd have them for as many as three weeks at a time. So I'd have 200 young people. They had really long days, and they'd go out, and we, we had a campus environment. They'd go out every night, and we occasionally we have sort of a, a team-building event, but there was always somebody somebody, not all, you know, a lot, but somebody who had a, a con had a problem as a consequence of drinking. 99% of the time it was, it was harmless stuff, right? Yeah. But they were, uh, these are smart young people. They've never been out of their country or their state. So for that matter, it, uh, if it was a serious incident, we counseled them, but only twice over all of those years did we send anyone home only twice. Yeah. Because you don't have to do this. Yeah. You know, this is just young people sort of not knowing what the rules yeah. are. Now, and not knowing their own boundaries yet. And maybe exactly. so excited for like the free cocktails that are quality cocktails and not like, it, yeah. It's, it's so funny you say that because we used to have open bars and then we learned, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Then we gave them chits and then we found that chits are where you trade them in. Then they would yeah. trade chits and then you'd have that as a problem. So it was, it, well, there was no way to not get them to sort of do some yeah. of these things. So anyway, this situation sounds just like that. You counsel the kid, he apologizes, he goes home, puts it behind him. Now the kid has a blot in his record. Uh, since he's a tattletale, this guy, this guy on your floor, since he's a tattletale to begin with, anything you say to this person is likely to be repeated to HR or his boss since he's thinking he is serving the interests of the company. So to your point, I don't know if it's worth it to say anything. But having said that, if I have to speak to this asshole at all, I would tell him uh, uh, what happened in in very modulated tone as a consequence of him of reporting on this person. Meaning uh, I would state, given someone, and I would also then state, Give someone the giving someone the benefits of the doubt is not to be confused with being flagrant in our responsibilities. To the contrary, forgiving someone who has shown true remorse creates loyalty. It's sad that not everyone is smart enough to figure that out. And then I would just stare at him for five seconds and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, because I think he needs to know that. Look, we are not. We are. We are not perfect. And, and and this is a young person whose career is starting out. And if we forgive them early, they have learned a valuable lesson. And I think they will look more fondly on us than not. And I think this circumstance, I think they're less likely to be fond of us as a consequence. Yeah, yeah I like that, Chris. I, I like sort of the... Uh, the uh, disguise like lecture to this guy like exactly. this disguise like cooling you know schooling of him i like that yeah because what's he gonna do tell him. his boss that i said give somebody the benefit of the doubt we yeah, should be exactly. forgiving it because it creates no. loyalty i think you're i think this is really great advice yeah I'm i feel board. bad Count for this, this poor kid because i i've seen this happen again and again and the, and they're like you know deers in the headlight you know like oh no what yeah. i did that i did that yeah he must be well we assume it's a he uh or did it say it was a he um but also, you know, we're assuming this person does feel remorse. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. they also might be like, I look what I got away with. I'm I'll, sure I'll give you one story. Fun. You want to hear a really bad one? A really, a really quick bad story. Yeah. This I, I was running. Remember, talked about running this school. <laughs> well, this was this was the, a tragic experience. We got uh, uh, we had a, had to have a meeting because one of the young men. Uh, one of the young men, because we, we they double up, they have sleepover. They so each had two, two in a room. Uh, one of, a young person came in our room and said uh, the next day somebody peed in my bed. <gasps> what had happened was <laughs> the kid got drunk. <laughs> He's a sleepwalker. He gets oh up in the God. middle of the night and he pees in the bed, thinking he's in somebody's bathroom in his own home, and then he goes back to bed. And, and the, so he peed in his own bed. No, no, he peed in the other guy's bed. Oh the, my God. And so the other guy is all kinds of like going, okay, uh, is this somebody who's on a front? But apparently the kid has, his, it was a sleepwalker. He sleepwalks and it had oh nothing to God. do with anything. Like that. And so we had to work through that because that could have had ripples through, you know, that would have rippled really badly. I mean, that's really embarrassing too. But Really embarrassing. And so we, we were able to contain it to locally to these kids. We got them to sort of apologize and we got all this squared away because that would have ruined this kid's career oh at the be God. before it even started. Yeah. And we got and, him his own room, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Was, Both did his roommate them. keep his mouth shut? No, his room. that's the roommate came to us. No, but said, I mean, did the roommate like keep it contained? Like, oh, yes, did, yes. As yes. opposed to going out and telling everybody? Because yeah, that's a really not, important element. Yeah, no, he did not. He came first to the management, you know, the other, right. the management of the, of, the, of the school. And then he said, what do I do about this? And then we investigated, like, was there intention behind it? Right. We determined there was no intention behind it. It was just a, a, a very shy kid who sleepwalks. Oh, that's crazy. Crazy. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? You're just, mm. you're in this new, you're another country, you're sleeping, but also you have this, you know, waterfall. Oh, oh my God. Oh, anyway. my God. Or you're climbing into a badness wet and going, what's that? What's, and then you realize you're, you're, you're lying in somebody else's urine. Awful. That would be pretty awful. I don't awful. think there's enough showers in the world like to, exactly. to make that happen. Ugh. Anyway. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. All right. Well, I think we have time for one more. All right. We'll be quick about this one. This one is loose lips are full of shit. Oh. Hi, all. Mary, you might have some insights because I've listened to this show and know you do work for nonprofits. I work for one. My department is responsible for community outreach. I recently met with one of my colleagues and we were talking about next year's budget. I had told him that I had an excess this year because we had lost an employee earlier in the year and couldn't find a replacement. Fine, no big deal. Anyway, fast forward to our budgeting meeting and it turns out my budget gets cut almost to the dollar of the amount of the unpaid salary and my colleague's budget is increased by exactly that amount. I can't help but think he went to our boss and suggested the change. I say this because my boss froze our hiring for the coming year, stating that the missing headcount didn't seem to affect the group's performance. Of course it didn't. We all worked like crazy to cover it. I don't know who I am matter at. Should I go to my boss? And if so, what do I say? And if he doesn't change the situation, should I say anything to that traitor? Signed, loose lips are full of 
<laughs> Loose lips are full of beep. I love it. Oof, you know, I got to tell you, this one is kind of a tough one. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I don't think it really matters that it was a nonprofit or a for-profit, mm. uh, except that nonprofits tend to be... I'm not good. I was going to say they tend to be a little, they take the stuff a little bit more to heart than yeah. I think, you know, because uh, it's so meaningful for the work. So first of all, I think you definitely need to talk to your boss. And frankly, the budget should have, should not have been a surprise to you. You should have clarified your budget needs earlier when the budgets were being created. Uh, so I'm not sure where there's some, uh, what, if there was some miscommunication or at the end of the year, you weren't clear about how you needed this FTE full-time employee. Uh, mm-hmm. So now you're going you're going to need to fight for your money. So you're going to need to make a business case for replacing the lost FTE. Mm. This means you have to show your boss what can and can't be done now that you are down a team member. You also want to carefully explain that, yes, uh, last year we were all able to work extra hours to keep anything from falling through the cracks, but that is unsustainable. Uh, so you really want to explain that in numbers and your team team and their effort, blah, blah, blah. Then say to your boss, so knowing that we are down one, uh, here's what I think we can get done. Here's what I can't. And you need to get them, your boss to say like, okay, drop this, this, and this, like activity or project or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you've got to stand firm now showing that what you can and cannot get done uh, with a lower budget missing an FTE. So that's what you got to do. And that's one thing. Now for the who played you uh first of all you, you don't really know for certain that they actually did play you uh you don't really know that that's what happened and so i find this uh kind of situation a little bit of a morass because you i it's going to be hard to address him without making it confrontational or accusatory. Uh, so I want you to think about if you do have a conversation with uh, your colleague, then decide what it is you want to get out of this conversation, yeah. you know, like, you know, confronting them. Uh, you could go right at it and say something like, I know what you did <laughs> and I'm <laughs> going to get you. Or you go at it kind of sideways and say, you know, I'm so disappointed and disheartened in that you use my information to gain, or you could just play dumb and say to this person, you know, I don't know what happened, but I am down a person and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think Mm. like you can do something like that and see what they say. But I'm really kind of leaning to you, Chris, to to think of some things to say to the dickhead uh, that betrayed you. Cause I, I, this is where I probably would just say nothing and see yeah, it's a. I agree with you right at the very beginning. I think this is a bit of a tough question, you know, yeah. just in general to answer because I think there are two villains in this uh, scenario, right? The boss, the boss who just took the ear of of the colleague at the your expense, yeah, because you did what you were supposed to do with less resources to do it with. So, but uh, since no this is good a, deed, Chris goes unpunished. Exactly, and that's what <laughs> it seems like. The good news yeah. is we're still in the preliminary stages, right? It's still the budgetary stage. So I think you can probably get some of that back. And I like Mary's case. Uh, Mary made the point. This is a business case. You have to present a business case. So you have to find out how was that work of the person that you were allowed to hire, how was that redistributed? Who is taking on extra work in pitching in? So in that sense, you want to know the consequences of them having to do that now outside of their job responsibility for an additional year. And I think that has consequences not only in the productivity, but also in morale. Because what's going to happen is, and this is, 
this isn't it's a it's a not-for-profit my suspicion is it's probably not a large organization and i i suspect if they see that there's a reallocation of resource the person we were promised is all of a sudden going to some other department mm -hmm. yeah. i think that's going to kill uh, kill uh, productivity and morale. I also think once you understand who had to absorb that work, those people are the most, I will say, vulnerable to losing. Yep, absolutely. Because they'll Burn say, out. look, yeah. I'm taking all this extra work. I'm not getting any more money for it. Why would I do that here if I'm particularly good at what I do? So the boss's boss, as it, not you, your boss is under the gun, as it were, to say, okay, you can do this. But I'm just saying there are consequences because they're going to be aware of it. I'm not going to badmouth you. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say they will know. And so in that sense, um, as for the colleague, I, Mary, you're absolutely right. We have no evidence of, uh, of proof of collusion. You know, we don't. It seems odd, though, that the exact loss is their exact gain before this happens. So at best, you can only express your disappointment. I think that's it. I guess the question comes, uh, where do you express it? Do you express your disappointment about not having that uh, with the the boss and then with this this other manager, or do you bring it up in a in a team meeting where you're saying we're a little disappointed that there was a reallocation from where I was supposed to go to this? But I think the problem anything you say will sound like sour grapes. Yeah, I think there's just no out. My 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 advice, and I think it's closer to what you would do, Mary, is freeze this other human being out, saying I can talk to you about what we need to accomplish that where we have intersection but beyond that i can't talk to you about things because i can't trust you yeah you know i mean that's right you know i mean was this person betrayed or were they played you know that's kind I of the question yeah. for me i mean and what I, I could even make an argument that the colleague did is it opportunist was, yeah, I mean, they, they saw an opportunity to get right. more money in their budget. We don't know. Maybe the colleague has too much on their plate, too, and they need an FT. So, like, this are, these are like corporate, like, hunger games, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's exactly right. This is a corporate <laughs> hunger game, right? So, you might need to sharpen up your knives, uh, uh, loose lips. <laughs> Which is too bad, because that, yeah. th by the way, this is so recurrent in, in any organization, is this, these budgetary silos. So, yeah. my gain is your loss. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I, I find I, that... I, we should totally. reward across and say, what is the, what is there? If we, when you tie together the different departments in terms of some level of responsibility relative to the fruits of our labor, you get greater cooperation. But when you yeah. only re reward within the silo, you get people maximizing their position. And you know, this is the way government does budgets much more than the way a nonprofit should be doing their budget because a nonprofit should be bringing all their leaders, their directors together and saying, what do you need? And having a, as you said, like a conversation around the whole, thinking through what people need, what they don't need. Uh, it would be much more effective, especially if you're a smaller organization. So I'm going to actually blame the top leader uh, mm. who did the budgets because it was very, I think it was, it was, uh, it was very short-sighted. And that person, he, she, or they should have been having conversations with everybody as a team, figuring out how to allocate the, the resources. Yeah, because I, I, it's clear that the, the one manager has the ear of the boss, and the, uh, yeah. whereas the other one does not. That does not bode well. Speaking no. of ears, I think our listeners' ears may be bleeding if we don't stop soon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap this up. So thank you, our lovely listeners, for joining us today. Big thanks to our amazing, overworked, and underpaid producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. If you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma, give us a shout. 
No questions too hard, no questions too easy. There are tons of ways to reach us. You could email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. You could tweet us at cubicleconfide1 or find us on LinkedIn. Chris DeSantis and or Mary Abajay, we're there. We're easy to find. And as you go on your work week, we want you to be kind, work hard. Please don't betray anybody this week. And if you can't, call us. All right. See you next time.